The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yeah, obvious, we got a problem here And it's more than just Alvin streaming Punisher When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival Laughing non-stop, case drops on a cycle Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up Lies being told like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza Bougie ain't an option, it's the wave Take it to the grave, add poop into the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away, it's affirmative Many souls What's going on folks, welcome to another Tales from the Hood Many Souls I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans What's going on, Fran? What up, not much Oh man, I'm so excited Again, I can't stress this enough Flooded, flooded, the emails have been wide open The floodgates have poured and people have been sharing Their wild and crazy, unexplained stories and life experiences And everything of the like And I'm so excited to have another episode where we can dive in And we won't waste any more time But explain to you guys what we do here Because you know by now Fran, are you ready to kick things off? Yeah, man Okay, this first email is from uh, a friend and listener named N Is what they would like to be called, is N Hello, Affirmative Murder family. Before I tell you my story, I will tell you that I have changed the names and locations a bit to protect myself. I don't want to have to answer any questions from people I, I know who listen to this pod. Ooh, okay. Multiple. Okay, continue. Also, please give me a moment to say thanks to you both. I feel as though we are family. Me, you two, the amazing listeners who have participated in your town halls and these tales from the hood. Okay, yeah, it is. We, we are family. You know what I mean? Uh, I really appreciate how real you are, your honesty, your sense of humor, your vulnerability, and above all else, your willingness to learn about the experiences, about people and experiences. If you ever come to Toronto on tour, do it, they said, yep. do it. I will take you around town. Cool. Just keep my email and hit me up when you're here. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Might have to take you up on that. Now for the story. My parents are Indian. And from the West Indies, they came to Canada in the 70s for university. In the early 80s, my dad went on to teach at a university in the prairies, which is in Canada. Uh, that's the equivalent to the Midwest. Think Montana, but further north. At the university, my dad befriended another professor, and they bonded because they both had young families. Let's call him Professor A. A being for asshole. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> there was a slight difference in the families, though. My mom and dad had three small children, whereas th this other dude had three wives and 15 kids. What the actual fuck? My parents, being taught not to judge and already having met some Mormon families in the area, they thought that this was strange but potentially okay. As time went on, my sister and I started to go to their farm to hang out and sometimes had some of their girls sleep over. We lived in the city and this family lived in the country. Uh, I remember 
one time when three of the girls were sleeping over, they mentioned that it was strange to them that we did not all sleep in the same room as our parents. What? <laughs> what? My sister and I were aware of the cultural differences between our family and this one. So whenever we didn't know how to explain our differences, we would just say, maybe it's because we are brown and you are white. We were trying to be nice. We were never allowed to sleep over at their farm, not only because of the sleeping situation, but because my mom had a bad feeling about it. She told me that whenever she was alone with Professor A, he would say something inappropriate or try to touch her to see what her skin felt like. We're all people. Our skin all feels the same. I heard her once saying to him, don't you have enough wives? Go fill up on one of them. <laughs> Inconsiderate jerks are not my style. And I would not disrespect myself or husband like that. My sister and I had a conversation about this because we were little and didn't know what it meant. Also, sidebar, my mom was hella fine. And in the 80s, she was still wearing high heels and mini skirts. All right, mom. Okay. Yeah, send a picture. Anyway, um, I'm also <laughs> going. I'm also. <laughs> I'm also going to give my mom a shout out for being one of three women uh, taking a business degree in the in the 1970s and having to deal with all kinds of sexist and racist shit from her yeah. fellow male students and colleagues at the oil company where she where she worked as their accountant. Because of this experience, she was not shy in speaking her mind. Shout out to your mom. Boom, quick one. Anyhow, she would not allow us to go over there unless both her and my dad were present. My sister and I cried and screamed. Why was it that they could come over here, but we couldn't go over there? It's not fair, etc., etc. My mom's answer was always, I trust your friends. They are good girls. But I'm not sure who comes and goes out of their house. And my priority is your safety, yeah. not your social life. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Drop arms. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that was, that was, that was, she was, she was spitting bars right there. Legit. That's how my mother talked to a, to a four and five year old. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't, I don't know about, um, my kids standing over people's friends, over, over people's house. You got to really, and even you only know what people show you, you yeah. know what I mean? So even then you might think you know somebody, but you don't, and not even on some like scary shit. Yeah. People's houses could be dirty. Yeah. They might not feed your kids properly. Like you don't know what people do behind their doors. Exactly. You know, so not even just going to something dark and creepy, just yeah. like a overall well-being for your child. Yeah. You know? They can come over here. They can come over my house. Yeah. You know how. Because yeah. we're not we're like weirdos and creep people. But exactly. Like if, if you have the same feelings and fears that we do, okay, then. Then cool. Then nobody's sleeping in anybody's house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turns out she was right to not let us go. Professor A turned out to be a creep who was convicted in the 1990s of child molestation and possession of child pornography. Wow. When we found out years later, my dad was not surprised, telling me that he would always have to tell Professor A not to stare at the students and to always keep his classroom door open. My dad also told us that once when they were out for drinks, Professor A told him that he thought my mom was beautiful and that her skin was intoxicating and that my sister and I, this is one of the creepiest compliments ever, and that my sister and I would grow up to be beautiful and that he should watch out. Any, I think that's so creepy. watch out? The dad. He's oh, basically saying okay. like your daughter's going to be both your daughters are going to be beautiful when they grow up. You better be careful. Yeah. I just think that's like, don't, if the four and five, like, you know, let's, yeah. let's, you know, just, and it, maybe it's not inherently a creepy comment, but it, you should, who says it, it could be creepy. Yeah. Let me say that. 
Because sometimes it could come a history. Yeah, it could yeah. come. A, I guess there could be a scenario where that could be like a lighthearted little jokey thing. Yeah. Like, oh, she's she's gonna she's gonna be a uh, a dangerous one or yeah. whatever the fuck. But a creepy person, that compliment could be very creepy easily. Yeah. Oh, but then after that comment, she said, "We are beautiful. Thanks for asking." My dad slapped him across the face and told him never to speak to him or us ever again. Slap. Yeah. Punched his ass. <laughs> he filed a complaint at the university and then quit working there. Good for him. Yeah, he was like, I don't know if, because probably they didn't do anything. And then he was like, all right, well, fuck you guys. We moved to another city soon after that. The lesson in this story is to listen to yourself. I thought for many years that my mom was just being mean or a super conservative Indian mom, not allowing her kids to do anything fun. But that was not the case. She listened to her gut, and we stayed safe. Thanks, Mama. Also, look for the red flags. One of Professor A's daughters once asked me if I was ever afraid of my dad, and I said no. Sometimes he shouts, and that's scary, but that's only his words. The little girl started to cry, and I just gave her a hug and didn't know what to do. I never told my mom about this, but now, now that I have my own kids... I always ask them if there's anything that they need to say to me about themselves or a friend and that I will listen to them without judgment. Being a parent is hard. Being a kid is hard. The world is a crazy place. Thanks, Fran and Alvin, for creating a space where we are all safe together. Much love, N. Uh, And they also followed up with, I will send in some more stories of my badass parents who always tried to stand up for people when they could and who continue to teach us to always pay attention and to advocate for anyone in need. There was that one time when my dad heard some domestic violence through the walls of our townhouse and went next door to give the man a taste of his own medicine. I would just call the police, but hey, yeah. the result was the same. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to your dad, but yeah, maybe brave, don't get mixed up in domestic. Brave soul, yeah, yeah, yeah cause you, and you coming into their territory is very yeah. home alone. I've watched enough home alone to know you don't ever meet somebody in in their territory. Yeah, you had a disadvantage. You had a disadvantage. So, yeah, but that's awesome. N, shout out to you. We're going to leave it at, at N and not and, and Professor A and uh, this one, people. And I like how she how they did it. Like, don't tell me or tell me don't say your name. Yeah. Thank you. So I really appreciate that and being clear and everything like that. Super awesome email. Um, great story. Your parents are awesome. And again, you never really know people. They You just know what they show you. I, so, wish, we, I wish as kids... We are able to see why our parents do certain things. Yeah, man. You know, it's just, it's in a good it's in good it's in good favor for us and our health and our well being. I wish we could see that as kids, but yeah. we don't. Sometimes it may be too late. Yeah. Sometimes we don't we don't realize that until we get older and for we sure. have our own kids or we just and you and just and become you adults. Yeah. yeah. That for me as an adult, I think about and I not as, I don't see I don't seriously feel bad. I mean I do feel bad, but I think about my mom being a single mom and me getting home from school early, and I was like a latchkey kid. Like she wouldn't get home from work until like six o'clock, so I had two thirty to six o'clock by myself. Yeah. And let's say she went out to a restaurant the night before and had some leftovers in the fridge, and I call her and I know if I put on a little bit, I'm just so hungry. Like could I? <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing to eat in the house, and there is like yeah. there's there's plenty of food for me to eat until there's she's home and dinner. Yeah, but I go, well, can I have this stuff like half a steak that you left in the fridge? Like I just I think I might pass out if I don't eat. And she goes, fine. But I as an adult, I now go, I now know that feeling of being at work. You got an eight hour day, and you go, man. Well, when I get home, oh, I got that steak yeah. in the fridge. I've got some whip. I got some leftover little corner of mashed potatoes. I yeah. do a little can of corn. 
And whip, whip that up And have me a nice dinner Then you get a Bring bring And you're this fucking Fat ass <laughs> Mommy please I just can't survive Without scalloped potatoes Please die And it's like Just eat it Just eat it Wait is that the why Is that, why, is that the reason Why the way you are What do you mean You, are? you all like what? Steak and stuff like little fancy dinners. <laughs> I was stealing my mom's date dinners. Yeah, yeah. I was stealing my mom's date leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no, I, I've been eating. Got, I've been eating good from a young age. And as you got older, you just like you just had that taste for it. Yeah, it's just it's food. Like That's fancy, just what food is fancy, to me. Uh, Ruth's Chris and shit. My mom getting taken out on cute dates, and I'm like, can I can I have the rest of your leftover food, please? Yeah. And I'm eating like a half of like a leftover lobster. Yeah, so you should know people that want to have a good night at Fridays. All right, man, you just. Anyway, we're gonna. Be, that, that's not who I am. I'm not gonna let you mischaracterize me like that. People okay. can go eat wherever they want to. I just don't want to. When the sun goes down, you're not gonna catch me at a chain restaurant. That's just that's how my that's my stance. That's just my stance, man. Anyway, we have an awesome <laughs> we have an awesome email from a listener named uh, named Brianna, um, and the email it's a it's an audio. Okay. So you know let, audio uh, mail audio mail, yeah. and I haven't listened to it. So it was the first time we're going to hear it. Uh, they left a quick message that says, hello, Alvin and Fran. I've got a Tales from the Hood submission that is exactly what the subject says, which is man shoot himself on local junior high school grounds. Didn't read that first, but that's, that's exactly what the story is, I guess. Um, it's an active and open case in my hometown right now that I figured people would find interesting. So here we go. We'll find out right now. Hello, Alvin and Fran. It's Brianna R. Brianna, sorry. Breedis, depending on what social media to interact with you guys on or the one that when you gave me my Patreon shout out, I came into the Facebook group and was like, hey, I know how my name is spelled, but it's actually pronounced Brianna. Um, so I have a story that is kind of an actively unfolding thing that just happened in my hometown like last week. And my uh, little sister's telling me about it. So the four years that I was in high school, a lot of the crazy things happened. Most turned out to be nothing. But I remember my senior year, we had something that we kept deeming it like Threat Thursday because three Thursdays in a row, we had some sort of lockdown evacuation situation. And that came back around for my youngest sister. So at one of the junior highs in my town, there was a student and I guess... The mom and stepdad were called in and they were all in the office to discuss some situation, academics, something like that. During that conversation, per the police report, the um, staff was made aware of allegations of a crime on behalf of the stepdad. They did not release what those allegations were. But a lot of people generally have decided, you know, the court of public opinion has decided that this man was sexually assaulting his stepdaughter. There has been no proof yet as far as like police statements. But, you know, the court of public opinion, they have decided that's what the rumor is. So anyways, the police are called to the school and one of the deputies and the stepdad are like in a room by themselves. And according to the police... After a v extremely brief conversation between the stepdad who was accused and the deputy that was talking to him, this man pulled out a gun and shot himself in the head on school grounds, like in an office somewhere on the school. 
So then the school goes into lockdown, and that's when my little sister, who goes to school at the opposite junior high, starts telling us that, like, there's been an adult suicide uh, at one of the schools. Rumors are spreading that it was a teacher. Um, It was an angry parent. It was a a parent who was a teacher. Like, the, the rumors start flying. They evacuate that junior high to the high school, which is right down the street, and they're, like, busing kids in and out. And everyone's waiting for all this information. And kind of that's just where we are now. The police released their statement, like, exactly as I told you guys. And they eventually released the name of the person. But it was just a wild thing that happened that I can't even fathom. And like I said, the court of public opinion has decided. Like, it's pretty split because there are a lot of people like, oh, it's a tragedy. But, you know. And there's the other people that are like, hey, innocent people don't necessarily take their lives in a situation like that. So um, that's the most recent wild thing that's happened in my hometown. Uh, love you guys. Love the show. So glad you connected with Grand Ace. I love the podcast, the um, new theme song. I'm going to figure out where I can nominate the podcast and the theme song for, like, best music. Anyways, have a good one. Bree, thank you very much. Also, always when I get an opportunity, shout out to Grand Ace. That's just, I mean, <laughs> the guy makes fire. Yeah. Uh, uh, wild story. And I would concur with her assessment there at the end. I mean, he was in a, the principal's office, not in an interrogation room. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy. I'm sad, that, I'm sad that those kids had to experience that. But I feel like he probably did it if he did that. You know what I mean? a question. Yeah, what do it. you think about schools having tunnels, like safety? Ooh, uh, like like a getaway tunnel, getaway tunnels, or like some type of room where it's like a safe it's, room. It's like a safe room inside the classroom somewhere. Here's my only concern about that one: is how secure is the door? Are you saying like everybody, every kid in the school goes to this one room, or each in room has a little hidden room? Yes, I think that's sad. I think it's sad that think to think that that's where we are. But at some point, we evacuate from the school. Is kind of it sounds kind of dangerous. Because you're yeah, out in the open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you don't really know the detail. Everybody, it's just like, like Bria saying rumors yeah. and nobody knows exactly what's going on. You just know there's a gun involved and somebody's dead. Yeah. And to send everybody outside of the school seems, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, tunnels are interesting. The idea of barricading yourself deeper into a room and putting yourself to a, a point where there's only one way in and one way out feels dangerous if the person can breach that. That wo- that door, then you just open the door up, and there's just a bunch of kids in there. Yeah, true. So, so it it, it, like, it all goes to like how sick, how secure is that door? Yeah. And most of these people are usually just like idiots with a gun they stole from somewhere. They're not there um, with a, a, a ramming bear, you yeah. know, some kind of ramming device or something to break doors down. So I would assume any door would be safe, but it always makes me just I don't know, like putting everybody in one room and. I feel like it should be something though, like some type yeah. of bulletproof doors. Even if not that bulletproof doors, or like each class have, like it's a school being built up up the street for me. But like they need to be like like buzzing for like some type of buzz entry for yeah. each classroom or something. Like yeah, something. Uh, it was. It's one of those kind of things where um, I'm always gonna criticize and be um, jaded and sarcastic when I see conservative talking points about reinforcing the doors or giving the teachers guns and stuff. But I think at some point we're going to have to stop the thoughts and prayers and the, when will this stop and go, maybe it's not going to stop. Yeah. And if it's not going to stop, then we need to start being proactive and deterrence yes. as opposed to, we need to stop, teach kids to not bully people. That's going to take a generation to, to like change how 
whatever whatever you're thinking the psychology behind mass shootings is it's been going it's on not, before that that's what i'm saying so it's not like oh we all should just be nicer to people i don't think that's going to change anything so if it, if we have to sadly acknowledge that nothing's going to change then we do have to start having conversations about more security at schools yeah, sure. or better reinforced doors or something i don't know how i feel i don't i would say i'm opposed to kids going to school where there's like a police officer with an ak47 out front but something different needs to be done people can't just get into the schools like a buzzing system yeah. or something i don't think there needs to be armed guards all throughout the hallways i don't think kids should be be in that environment you know what i mean like i feel that's that, a whole that's a whole different now you gotta worry about staffing that's a whole different situation yeah so i feel like uh, let's start with securing the building yeah you know let's let's start there and maybe that makes it every every school should have a a security person at the door you know what I've never heard of? Um, these low-income, like, black schools that have security, uh, uh, metal detectors and stuff, and, and police and everything. Now, I hear about all... It's sad. I hear all about all kind of um, police brutality incidences where the kids, kids are fighting in the hallways and the police get too aggressive and slam the kids. But I never hear about mass shootings at fucking Thurgood Marshall yeah. in, in Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like, because... There are metal detectors, and there are security at every exit to watch, make sure kids aren't being truant. For different reasons, mm -hmm. they're trying to keep the kids in. Yeah. But for those same reasons, there is a high level of security, and I don't hear about those things happening at, at those schools. And those are shitty schools. And they're what? Shitty schools. And those are shitty schools. Compared, relative to. Relative, yeah. And, the, and not shitty because of the people that go there. It's, yeah, that's yeah. not what I was, we're saying, obviously. No. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think that's what. I'm, I'm the I'm, condition I'm, of the school. Yes, the condition, which is, yes. Which is, they don't get, pro not properly funded. Yeah. And so, yeah, but something needs to happen. Reinforce the doors. Let's start there and see what happens. You know, I don't really know. But again, Bree, thank you for that story. Wild stuff. Um, yeah, and tough times. That's that's. But yeah, again, I would go ahead and lean into yeah, I mean, he was he was in the principal's office to fold under that kind of delicate pressure. Pressure even feels like a strong word. Just like, hey man, um, is any, is everything going on okay? No, and you just and yeah. that's it. Like, come on, like yeah. you look a little guilty. I'm not going to jail. You're like, what? I just was asking if everybody was okay at home, and he does that. That's an escalation for sure. And this was a parent. Yeah, a stepdad. 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 Got you. Um, tough times, but Bree, again, thank you for sharing that with us. Wild stuff there. Wild, wild stuff. All right. Yeah, we got one last email before we get out of here. This one is from a uh, friend of the pod. I believe this person has been on a couple of town halls, if not just one. Uh, Hannah F. The This is a Tales from the Hood that is labeled a story of survival. So here we go. It says, hey, Alvin and Fran, first of all, you're both absolutely incredible, and I am extremely grateful for you both. Thank you for always speaking your minds and sharing your experiences. It's necessary. Thanks, Hannah. I have one story to share. It's a little long and, in and it's intense, so trigger warning, but this story is about the Holocaust. I am a grandchild of a Holocaust survivor. My grandfather, Mark Bader, pronounced Bader, so I nailed it, I nailed it, great, was born on Auschwitz-Sitzschim, where the Nazis built Auschwitz. He had his bar mitzvah in hiding with relatives taking turns to look out, of the, to look out on the street for Nazis. Wow. Damn. My grandfather had many insane stories about his experience in hiding, in ghettos, and in concentration camps. But the one I am about to share is a legendary one. My grandfather entered Auschwitz at 15 years old, mm. and during his time there, he came face-to-face -face with Dr. Mengele. This man is one of the biggest villains in the Holocaust. 
If you're interested in why he's so infamous, feel free to Google it, but please brace yourself. There was one day that my grandfather was in line for, for selection, which is when the Nazis would examine prisoners to see if they were fit to continue working in the camps. And if they, if they weren't, then, oof. Weeks earlier, my grandfather had attempted to escape. What do you mean by fit? Like physically? Condi- like- yeah, like can you, can you still stand up, you know, pick up oh, a hammer, okay. whatever? Yeah, right. can you, is your back broken from intense labor and torture? Fucking super fucked up shit, man. Um, but anyway, weeks earlier, my grandfather had attempted to escape Auschwitz during a transport of prisoners to another camp. Unfortunately, he was caught and severely beaten. Mm. During this particular selection, Dr. Mengele looked at my grandfather, saw the scars from the beating, and sent him to the left. By then, my grandfather knew which direction the gas chambers were. And when Dr. Mengele pointed left, my grandfather knew he was doomed. Right in that moment, a guard came up to Dr. Mengele and told him that he had a phone call. As Dr. Mengele left and a new guard took over, a prisoner told my grandfather to tell the guard that he's a metal worker. When the guard began his inspection, my grandfather said he was a metal worker and was immediately sent to the right. That is how my grandfather left Auschwitz and lived to see another day. Thank you so much for reading this. It is truly an honor to carry on his legacy and to tell his story. We as Jews constantly say never again, but considering where we are as a society, where white supremacy is deeply woven into our systems, these words are losing their strength. This is why the work that you both do is so damn important, and I cannot thank you enough for your podcast. If you're interested in hearing more about his experience, you can see an interview of him on YouTube linked here, which we have. I have also included a picture of his registration card from that time that lists the camps that he was imprisoned in. Please feel free to share this too. Thank you again for all that you do. I could write a whole email singing your praises, but this email is long enough already. And I really appreciate you both. Sincerely, Hannah, whose pronouns are they, them. Um, uh, Hannah, thank you so much. And shout out to your grandfather, uh, an amazing person. And wow, just looking at this, it's crazy how uh, bureaucratic such a fucking horrible thing. Like that, the fact that they have these like works, work, work slips that are printed and organized and tell you the camps and the times and the dates and his name, Moses Bader and. Uh, his identification number, which may have been tattooed on him, I don't know. Obviously, Hannah, you can let us know if that is the case. If he had, if he had or has one of those, I, I don't know if he's still alive. But either way, um, badass. In a hit birth date, four twenty five twenty seven. It's crazy that the horrible things that happened there had a uniformity and a system to it. Yeah, where there's like people in charge and. Go left, go right, and you work here, and we'll send you to this camp. Like the fact that they were able to build an infrastructure around such horrible, horrible racism, you know. So yeah, wow. Thank you, Hannah, for sharing that with us. This card is powerful to see. Um, wow, I'm kind of speechless. Wow. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that, uh, friend. I'm gonna send you. I'll send you the link if you want to check out the yeah, YouTube for sure. uh, interview. And um, yeah, thank you to everybody who sent the emails today. Thank you to Bree and Hannah. And N um, for their email up from Canada, up in the north, up in Toronto. Eh? Um, thank you. Thank you guys all for being a participant in this week's Tales from the Hood. And uh, yeah, man. Wow. That one. Uh, that was a strong one. Um, but anyway, yeah, this has been another Tales from the Hood episode. We thank you guys so much. Uh, Tales 
from the hood. Affirmative murder at gmail.com. Get them in. We can't do this podcast without people submitting us their stories. Powerful ones like Hannah just saw. Uh, we just read from Hannah. And uh, we can't thank you enough, Fran. That was, uh, yeah, that was a good one, man. How'd you feel? That was, that was wild. Yeah, Got a little deep in the last one. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, whew. Um, but yeah, again, affirmative murder at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much, friend. Let them know. Always be on the lookout. See you guys next week.